This week, we begin the fifth Chumash of the Torah, the book of Devarim, which is really a long talk of Moshe Rabbeinu to the Jewish people. In the last 37 days of his life, he begins speaking with them on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, and um, they're standing already on the brink of going into the land of Canaan, which they're going to conquer and make Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel. Um, and so again, on the Rosh Chodesh Shvat, he begins the talk of the Book of Devarim, and that goes until the 7th of Adar, which is when he's going to pass away. The Chumash begins, Eila HaDvarim, these are the words, Ashadibar Moshe al-Kol Yisrael, that Moshe spoke to all the Jewish people. And the Pasuk goes on to enumerate seven places where they were. Now, these are the words that Moshe spoke to the Jewish people, Be'ever HaYardim, on the other side of the Jordan, okay, Ba'midbar, Ba'arava, in the desert, by the plains, by the Yamsof, by Paran, Tofel, Lavan, Chatseros, Dizahav. The Torah mentions seven places where he was. Now, obviously, he wasn't in all of those seven places when he was talking to them at this point. So Rashi tells us that really, at this point, at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, he wanted to rebuke the Jewish people for the various sins, or many of the sins that they um, that they did over the years in the desert. However, because he was, he wanted to um, not in any way take away from the honor of the people, he wanted to respect them, so therefore he didn't mention their sins clearly, he just alluded to them. He alluded to them by mentioning the places where they performed those various sins. And that's really what these seven places are. They're referring to different sins of the Jewish people, that they did over the 40-year period in the desert. And all that is this tremendous lesson that even when one is rebuking someone, even when one is, uh, so to speak, telling someone off and, te- and telling them about their misdeeds, it must be done with tremendous sensitivity to the honor of the person who is being rebuked. After all, rebuke is not there um, in any way just to put someone down, just to belittle someone or to get something off one's chest, but rather is there only to help the person and, and have them um, mend their ways, and that can only be done when it's done with true sensitivity. That's the first lesson that Rashi gives us over here. Now, the Rebbe takes this a giant step further and shows us how really Rashi, in his commentary to these seven places, um, brings out the honor and the dignity that Moshe Rabbeinu is attributing to the Jewish people, not only by the fact that he's not mentioning clearly their sins and only alluding to them, but even in the way that he alluded to every sin, when he mentioned the place of every sin, he does it in a way that lessens their um, their fault, in a way that sort of gives them somewhat of a, an excuse for the sin that they did. And the Rebbe goes through it step by step in through the Rashis, and it's perhaps a, a bit technical, but um, I want to try to go through this quickly. It happens to be that today, the 29th of Tammuz, is Rashi's Yartzeit, the day of his passing. So very apropos that we study this Rashi together. And again, we're going to go through the seven places and the seven sins and how the Rebbe shows us that in each one, Rashi is really showing us how Moshe Rabbeinu is, is um, lessening their sin or their, their fault at the sin by, by explaining somewhat of an excuse for each one of those sins. So let's try to do this um, quickly and, and clearly. The first place it's mentioned is Bamidbar. It says on the other side of the Jordan, in the Midbar. And Rashi says that this is referring to 
when the Jewish people had just began really their journey in the desert, um, and they arrived in Midbar Sin, and over there in Simchom Shemais, they complained to Hashem and said, "Oh, we have nothing to eat, and uh, you know we should have, you know, if only we, we could have died in Egypt instead of coming to the desert and dying here." That's that's what Rashi says, and the Rebbe points out, why does it just say Bamidbar? Why does it say that this sin happened in the desert? The desert is so general; all sins happen in the desert. Why doesn't it say specifically where it happened? But the explanation is based on the above. That Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, I know why you really sinned, because you were in the desert. A desert is a dangerous place, a, de- a desert is a scary place. And therefore, because of the dangers of the place, <clears throat> and the scariness of the place, that's what must have caused them to sin. Okay, let's move on. The next one is Ba'arava, in the plains. Um, what sin does that refer to? So Arava is Arvos Moav, the plains of Moav, and that's where the Jewish people sinned with the daughters of Moab and Midian, who seduced them and caused them to sin. And we had this in the Parsha a couple of weeks ago. And again, the question is, why does it say Ba'arava, the plains? The plains are huge. Um, really, the name of the actual place was Shittim. Why doesn't it mention Shittim? Says the Rebbe. Because the plains is the plains of Moab. Moab, we know all the way from the beginning, going back to the beginning of the Chumash, Moab, is a son that was born to one of Lot's daughters. Again, we have in the beginning of the Chumash, Lot's two daughters um, both bore sons from their father. And the daughter who named her son Moab, Moab means from my father. And there she is severely critiqued for someone who's very, um, who doesn't have basic modesty to, to give a name to the child, that forever this child and that nation is called, that this child was begat from a daughter and her father. Um, implies a tremendous lack of modesty or basic immorality of this child and ultimately this nation who followed in their path. So really what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying is, I know that the Jewish people, I know that you sinned there and you sinned there with immorality, but it was because you were in this place, the place of Moab, the plains of Moab, a place where the people are steeped in immorality and we know the people are affected by the places that they are in. So again, Moshe Rabbeinu is really, in a sense, giving some level of excuse for the sin that they um, performed there. Okay, place number three. It says, the sin that you did by the Yamsuf. And what was by the Yamsuf? When they came to uh, when they came to the Red Sea, the Yamsuf, and they were surrounded, they had the sea on one side and the Egyptians on the other, and again the Jewish people cried out to Hashem and said, we wish we would have died in Mitzrayim instead of this horrible death that awaits us here. Um, so again, says the Rebbe, what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying is, you were in the most dangerous and impossible situation. You were cornered in front of the Yamsuf. You had the sea on one side and the Egyptian army on the other. That's why you sinned. In addition, Rashi adds, they also sinned on the way out of the Yamsuf. Because when they were, um, after the story, after the Egyptians were drowned, um, the Jewish people were involved in collecting the spoils from the Egyptians. And Moshe Rabbeinu had to sort of force them to move onward towards the giving of Torah. And that was a critique. Why did he have to, why didn't they just move on? Says, says Moshe Rabbeinu, but really you were involved with getting those spoils of the Yamsuf because Hashem told the Jewish people that you're supposed to collect and take the spoils of the Egyptians. So again, the fact that you weren't running onward is somewhat excusable because you were following what Hashem told you to do. Okay, let's move on to number four. The next one he says is, um, what you sin by Paran. Says Rashi, you sin by Paran al-Yideh ha-Miraglim. That's where the spies were sent. 
and you sinned there through the spies. And here the Rebbe notes, it doesn't say the sin of the Miraglim, it says you sinned through the Miraglim. What does that mean, through the Miraglim? Says the Rebbe. Then Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, it wasn't really you, it was the Miraglim. It was those ten spies who came back, and they were able to talk very convincingly, scaring you about going into Eretz Yisrael. So really the sin wasn't fully yours, it was through others that caused you to sin. Okay, place number five. It says, between Teufel and Lavan, says Rashi. Teufel, there's no such places, Teufel and Lavan. Rather, Moshe Rabbeinu was alluding to them that Teufel are the words, the negative words that you said about the man that fell from heaven, that was Lavan, that was white. The Jewish people complained that the man, the, the, the man or the manna wasn't food that, that, um, that they enjoyed, and therefore they wanted meat and so on, which was, of course, a, a critique against the Jewish people to complain against the divine miraculous food that they were being given daily. But interestingly, the, the man here is called the white man. Now, man was white, but why is that important, that description here, says the Rebbe, that again, Moshe Rabbeinu is sort of explaining their sin. Something that's white, has no color. Um, a person who just eats something, the way that the food is presented, the color and the look of the food, that also adds in the enjoyment and the appreciation of the food that we eat. And it's because the one was so white and so plain and so simple, um, not defined in any way, in any color, that's why that caused you to sin and not appreciate, not uh, fully be able to... Um, to derive the necessary pleasure from the man that you were eating, which caused that complaint. Number six, he says, oh, and in Chatseros. What's Chatseros, says Rashi? In the Machlokas of Korach. Of course, when we have when Korach came and he had this entire argument with Moshe and Aaron. But it says, the Machlokas of Korach, that's only one person. Again, says the Rebbe. Rashi is telling us, that Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the Jewish people, it wasn't really your sin. I know that. It was Korach, who he was so convincing that he was able to cause all of the other people to get involved in this machlekes, in this argument against Moshe and Aaron. But essentially, they were products. They were ones who were convinced by Korach it wasn't really their own sin. And finally, it says, Vidi Zohav, the place of enough gold. What does that mean? It says Rashi, that is referring to the, the eagle, Hazahav, the golden calf that the Jewish people created, um, the greatest sin ever. And yet, Moshe Rabbeinu says, it's because it, there was so much gold there. And referring to the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem, listen, you gave them so much gold, you gave them so much riches, that itself provided the, um, the backdrop or the cause, the ultimate cause for their sin. When a person has too much, sometimes that alone can be a cause for them to sin with what they have. So that was in short, but really what we have over here is an amazing concept, and that is Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to rebuke them. And one would think, when you're trying to rebuke someone, so don't give them excuses, right? Giving excuses is going to take away the severity of the rebuke. Why would Moshe Rabbeinu be lessening the severity of their sin time and time again, every time he rebukes them? He's giving them somewhat of, a, of an excuse, as he's doing so, why would he do that? And again, the answer, is, the, the answer is because he wants to preserve their honor. But the question is, doesn't this take away from the strength and the severity of a rebuke? And the answer, the answer is the following. Again, going back to what we said earlier, rebuke is only there to get a person to mend their ways. 
So when we're rebuking a person, what are we really telling them? Are we telling them you're bad? Well, if you're bad, then why should they change? If if re, if the rebuke if the point of the rebuke is to tell a person that the person is bad, then if the person is bad, they're going to stay bad. Rebuke really has to have two sides to it. We have to tell the person you're really good. So then, why are you doing something bad? Equally important, or more important than having the person understand that they did something bad, is having the person understand that that badness is not who they really are. Really, they're good. And therefore, these bad things are not becoming, and the person should mend their ways and not do the bad things because that's not who they are. They're good. And that's really what these excuses are all about. Moshe Rabbeinu is not trying to say it's okay what you did. But what he's trying to say is whatever you did, you did because of an external reason. Um, as those seven examples all brought out different external reasons that brought about those sins. But really, you're good. And because you're good, therefore you should never let those external reasons um, overcome you and cause you to be different than who you are. What an important lesson in how to look at another person. And even and especially when we have to rebuke them, only always to focus on bringing out how whatever badness we're rebuking them for is not really who they are. It's there. It's something external, and therefore um, asking and, and, and um, suggesting and rebuking that person that they change their ways and express their true good in herself. Have a wonderful Shabbos.